Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Okay, in that case, all right. So we're gonna take- talk into the microphone, Gary. Okay, put it over here. There we go. It's time to. I got this all set up for. Rip off the mask and get to the task. It's time to jump into the rotation. This is your political director for Suncoast Normal, Gary Stein, along with my co-host Carlos Hermita. The hey, magnificent. I had an idea for the your little your little tagline there. How about rip off the mask and pass the grass? <laughs> Does that work? I dig that. <laughs> that could, that could never, never I'm not trying to change your flow, Gary. I'm just saying, like, you know, like maybe like marijuana, like is the task like smoking grass? It, it could be. It could be the task for today. The task for the day. I mean, if you're, you're going to start out 2021 right, you got to do it right. Right. By and speaking of which, we also have to go ahead and admit the fact that we also have somebody else here from the, from the Beltway, our, our uh, erstwhile director, Chris Kano, coming from uh, Montgomery County over in Maryland, which is a stone's throw away from the Capitol, which I guess is going to be a lot of stones throwing this this week from what I understand. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, you know, it's been pretty wild uh, up here in D.C., uh, at least the state uh, transition of power between the administrations have not been as smooth as it has been in the last 20 years. And, uh, you know, on a political note, uh, we now have uh, several hundred, you know, a couple hundred members of Congress, uh, you know, wanting to object uh, to the election results and will vote to not certify them. So uh, all eyes go to Georgia on Tuesday uh, for deciding the future of this country. Well, I am, uh, I am I am into uh, certify decertifying at least one state, Kentucky, because if, we, if Kentucky gets decertified, then we kind of lose McConnell, and that would be that would be a sad thing for everybody. For so wait, how do we get rid of McConnell? <laughs> what's happening? Well, we de- we decertify. I, sometimes you guys talk, and I have no well, idea. People what's forget going that, on. The, that the president was not the only thing on the ballot. Uh, a lot of the senators, in fact, some of them who are actually doing the objecting, are actually asking to decertify the states that actually elected them. Silly, pure silly. So, so that makes like lesser states. Is that what? Like, I'm still not understanding. It, it, it makes <laughs> it a, you know, it's it's a bad ploy. It's it, in my mind, it's it's sedition. Although I'm certain there's a legal barrier we have to cross to get to that point. But uh, for these people to say that they're going to overthrow the election by uh, again sta- stating things like there were suitcases of ballots and they were forcing people to use sharpies in arizona making their ballots illegal all that stuff has already been debunked in several courts but they're going to bring it up on the fl- on the house floor this week i would much rather be bringing up the more act <laughs> indeed there's a lot of other things uh, more important uh, to address you know legalization being one of them uh, a lot of folks are also struggling with uh, covid relief right now you know the argument over $600 checks versus $2000 checks when other industrialized nations uh, have given their people $2000 a month since they were in lockdown and 
getting things under control. Meanwhile, we have a surge in, in numbers and we still have a significant portion of the population that says it's not all real. It's a conspiracy or this is a mass control measure and mass control measures are not. This is serious. You know, people are out there getting sick and dying and they don't have to be, you know, people. We do not have to have the infection rates that we have. You know, it, wear your mask, you know, wear your mask. No. Where you Florida been? is crazy right now. Like, no lie. Like, and I, you know, I have a special interest in eboard being open. I understand that. But this past like three days, I've been kind of scared shitless to be out here because it's been packed. It's been packed. People are partying. People don't believe that coronavirus exists. People are still smoking weed right on Seventh Avenue. That's how packed it gets. Wow. Damn. And yeah. We have this new strain that we, they uh, found over in Fort Myers. That is that strain that is much more virulent and it can be passed much faster and more people between the ages of 18 and 30 are getting them than the, than previous mutations. Mm. Now, this is not more lethal, but it is more contagious. And so there are more, more people will be getting it. More people will be getting sick from it and they'll be passing it on to vulnerable people. Never now, Larry, uh, Gary, is that that, um, that that strain coming out of the UK that they recently detected? That's the one. They also found a case in Colorado, South California, and uh, yesterday was in Lee County. Two days in Lee County. So for those of you who are watching, we have an amazing, talented board. You know, Gary Stein, our political director here, is also has a master's in public health and has worked uh, for the government uh, for, for you know, many, many years, working on a variety of public health projects. So when it comes to public health, we defer to Gary, which is why uh, he insisted when we had our holiday sesh that we had masks and we made sure everyone has one. And we have these fantastic Suncoast Normal masks that you get with your membership now. Uh, Gary, why don't you show folks the mask? That's right. You can, as a matter of fact, I was out eating the other day and I, I, um, I, I remember the waitress walked up and she said, I love your mask. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you get this dynamite pin whenever you become a member of Suncoast Normal, which also Indeed. comes with the mask. Indeed. And your membership card. And Carlos, uh, who you know runs our our, our headquarters there at, at Chillum uh, uh, Glass Gallery CBD Dispensary, has so graciously uh, agreed to offer an in-store discount to all of our Suncoast uh, card-carrying Suncoast Normal members. That's right. If you like glass pipes, if you like vaporizers, if you like CBD or Delta THC. Right, I got some. We are gonna smoke it. And what do you have to donate to get a puffco? Um, what uh, what do you have to <laughs> donate to get a puffco? I mean, if you become a member of Suncoast Normal, you get twenty five percent off a of puffco. Well, that's 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 one quarter of the battle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I, go. got, so, I got it. Like, a member is a quarter of the battle. <laughs> I, I know you guys were were uh, wrapping up the year uh, last week or week before, and now we are in a new year. So we are hoping that this year, twenty twenty one be the time that things actually do happen. Now, I can tell you it went off to a bad start. New Jersey, as you know, did uh, legalize uh, uh, adult use this last week, uh, this last election, and it was supposed to start on January 1st. They had it all geared up. Everybody was all stocked, ready to go, and what happened? It didn't. It is the the, the uh, adult use, I'm sorry, is uh, still locked down until they finish the rules and regulations in New Jersey. What a surprise. But this is this is the nature of the beast. And if you are patient enough, we will all get it right. At least they have the policy done. Now they have to get the implementation right. And that is usually a, not too hard of a step unless, of course, you have people from the legislature who are into jumping in and creating their own rules and regulations. 
and trying to pass those, which is what we had in Florida as well. Uh, one of the things I was doing some research this last week uh, on the city, the, the, the city, the state of Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma is a very, very conservative state. You know, it, it went like 67.8% for, for the Republicans in this last election. And yet, if you take a look at the rules and regulations they have in Oklahoma, they are probably the most liberal in the country, which is the reason why they went from zero patients to full saturation of the entire market in, uh, in less than two years. In fact, they, within one month, they already had product on the shelves and they had people registering to become uh, owners and patients and caregivers and things of that sort. And right now, without any other glitch bills being occurred right now in Oklahoma, you can carry up to, you can have up to three ounces of cannabis on your person or eight ounces in your res residence. You can have up to one ounce of concentrates, concentrates of here more than a gram is a felony, uh, 72 ounces of edibles and six mature medical plant, uh, medical cannabis plants and six seedlings. So all the things that we thought were right, should have been in the bill in the first place, including employee protection is already in that bill. It was they already have that in place at the very beginning that you cannot be uh, taking have your job taken away or lose not get a job if you have a medical cannabis card. So what you're saying is that even though like I what you're saying is Oklahoma is freer than Florida. Absolutely, absolutely. Huh. And in order to get a, a medical card, uh, the doctor if they if they are a certified doctor all they have to do is say yes we believe that medical cannabis will be a benefit to you and that's the end of it they don't have to verify what qualifying condition you have of, of a similar or like nature and, and then be chastised or uh, be uh, rebuked by the board of medicine afterwards they are just given free brain to go ahead and put those rec recommendations out and I think the people in Oklahoma are doing a much better job than they did in California when they had a similar law back in the 1990s where Dr. Feelgood for $40 could give you a medical card on, on Venice Beach. But here you have to have a medical doctor who does verify it. And it, it's a much freer policy. Now, they don't have delivery yet. That's one thing they're working on. But uh, if you come from out of town and you come into the state, uh, you can you can buy automatically. Uh using a license you can get for up to three months and that uh, that is basically renewable for as long as you're there mm. without having to have a medical card in your own state wow imagine wow. what that would be like to just like go to the store i actually just recently decided not to renew my medical cannabis card here in florida because it's too much goddamn money <laughs> so so here I'm hearing that like even though I fought for medical marijuana in Florida I'm not going to renew my card because I just don't have the money right now and uh, people in Oklahoma which is a traditionally much more conservative state it are uh, have more liberties that's great I love that I, I mean like remember Oklahoma is the home of uh, Joe Exotic so you know I'm going to be <laughs> I guess King factor has liberalized the state over over recent times. Yeah, I guess is that the so. prison he's in right now? What happened? Which, which prison is he in right now? Is that in the state of Oklahoma? I, I'm not sure what prison. I know he's rotting away in jail and like won't be able to get out for a while. And, and we in Florida have uh, damn Carol Baskin to have to deal with. We're down on the street from ours. Yeah, Daniel Zoo closed down too. We should all just get stoned and go to the the big cat rescue one day. I mean, uh, what what was it on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? One of the employees had their arm uh, at Big Cat, or they got mauled by one of the tigers. 
Yeah. Not, not, not a good ad for volunteers. Well, I would well, give an arm and a leg to look, work over the big cat rescue. Well, well no problem. Since, <laughs> since that person is there, uh, there in the who they can afford a medical marijuana card. Hey, we got up the production value so we can have the rim shot when Gary makes a dad joke like that. <laughs> that, was awesome. that was fantastic. Hey, I hope Carol Baskins doesn't try to sue us. That was just hilarious. <laughs> no, she, she's not of suing nature. She just uh, tends to bury husbands. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's on a roll today. He, you like the Tiger King, Gary? I like it. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was our fun, the most fun thing we did during the first couple months of the lockdown. <laughs> was to watch the Tiger King series on Netflix. Man, it, it is hard to believe it's almost been a year since Tiger King came out. Man, I got so stoned and watched that, and yeah, I had the hardest time believing it was real. You know. Oh, I knew about him when he was running for governor and when he ran for, for president. I didn't know anything about this guy, you know? And maybe, maybe like, that's what Florida needs. Maybe we need a Tiger King to run for governor. And uh, do we have somebody like that? It, like our, our, our candidates for governor are a shit show in the regular parties, let alone the, you know, libertarian parties uh, running someone like Joe Exotic. So that is, that is pretty hilarious. Well, we're we're going to have a a new a new person seated in the uh, Democratic uh, committee this next year to work on uh, who the candidates will be, and hopefully they'll learn to get the heck out of the primaries and only concentrate on the general, which is what they should well, be doing. I'm glad that you bring up uh, Florida's you know next election. You know, Governor Ron DeSantis um, all botching the the pandemic uh, safety measures aside. Uh, has said that he will not allow adult use under his watch, under his yeah. tenure. And, um, you know, Ashley Moody, uh, as as attorney general of the state, you know, um, has stepped up to try and stop um, these ballot measures in the court system. And I, I just think that there there definitely needs to be a change in leadership here. I mean, uh, Gary, to, to update our viewers and everybody listening, uh, the uh, Medical Marijuana Employee Protection Act, which which you and I collaborated on uh, to push through the legislature, uh, which would, uh, as some people have commented, uh, allow them the freedom of mind to still be a medical marijuana patient and go to work and not feel like they're going to lose their job, uh, to be able to, to know that they can apply for a job. Um, you know, with a clear conscience, knowing that uh, a drug test isn't going to prevent them from getting the job that they so desperately need. And our bill sponsors have come back to us and said, because of, you know, the nature of um, the current, you know, leadership in Florida uh, with the Republicans controlling things and, uh, uh, you know, their donors controlling them, uh, you know, we're going to have to amend it to where it's only going to cover uh, public employees uh, in the initial bill. Uh, so the only workers that the state has any purview over, if we try to dictate to the private sector, uh, you know, whether or not they can allow medical marijuana patients to have jobs, uh, that, that that's going to be a no starter on the bill. And I thought, you know, that's a significant change that people should know about. And it's not anything we can do procedurally to get around it. It's, it's a matter of, you know, if we don't water down the bill, uh, essentially, 
um, it's not going to pass. It's not going to go anywhere. And this bill hasn't gone anywhere for the last couple of years, despite our efforts to, to attempt to push it through. So I think it's it's important people know elections have consequences. And if you're not registered to vote now, you didn't vote in the last election. This next election for governor of Florida and these state representatives and state senators uh, that are really affecting our lives on a much bigger basis than Congress and whoever sits in the White House uh, is um, is important and you should get involved. And as Carlos said, you know, for someone who's been advocating uh, for this for years and finally get, get medical uh, marijuana here in Florida and then you can't even afford uh, to renew your, your, your doctor recommendation. I mean, that's ludicrous. The prices are ludicrous. The, the whole system that they set up uh, was not designed to be patient friendly. And that's why we're here to continue to advocate for a patient centric system. I mean, it's always tripped me up. Like, I know you guys have done uh, done a lot of work with that, uh, you know, writing that whole uh, employee protection program or whatnot. But like, it has always tripped me up. Like, it's a constitutional right to have uh, medical marijuana available to me, whether or not I can afford it or not. That's another thing. But it's my it's in the Constitution to have that medicine if a doctor deems me fit for it. And yet it's also my right as an employer to take away your constitutional right to let you work here. Well, that's because Florida along, along with being a, a, a right to work state. Yeah. One, one of the things that really kind of smarts on the side of my face, but also <laughs> <coughs> has the uh, in, in, in its laws, the right of uh, businesses to have a drug free workplace. And the question is, what do you consider a drug free workplace? They will let people actually be on the job on opioids and they're not going to say anything to them. Yeah. But if they have a medical card and they're not even using it during the office hours, they could still interpret that. But what we're trying to do is in this particular bill is go back to the um, uh, Americans with Disabilities Act and basically state that if you have somebody with a disability who works for you, you must give them accommodations in order for them to be able to work properly. Well, in this particular instance, in order to have a medical card in the first place, you have to have a, have a, a debilitating condition. That makes you disabled. Hmm. That means that you should be allowed to have the, the accommodations necessary and only be judged on how well you produce at work and not anything else. Because if this is considered medicine, it's, it doesn't go under the purview of drug-free workplace, which basically is, is more along the lines of recreational drugs uh, like uh, opium, heroin, et cetera, or things that are of no medicinal value. This hmm. is medicine, not a drug. Or if you wish, in the Hispanic, los drogas. <laughs> no, no drogas. No drogas aquí. aquí. No drogas aquí. Nada más marijuana. <laughs> All right, I can't hear Kano now. <laughs> yeah. Solamente plantas. Es una planta. No es. Ah, there he is. Es el de Dios. Es el planta. And that reminds us that after this show, we do have La Rotación, I believe, in, in Espanol. In Espanol, sí, very mucho. As, as part of our two-part whammy of bringing the, the best to you every Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. And if you speak Spanish, you can also have that. And Carlos, I will be making the rounds of the various legislative delegations across the state. We've already been in, in Hillsborough, which has another meeting, by the way, in February with the, mm. with, with Miss D now being the new... Uh, director, the head of the legislative delegation, Diane Hart. Uh, but we, we're going to be in Orange County this week, and I believe we will also have to go with Pinellas County. 
And we'll be discussing the educational bill along with things like tourist reciprocity. In Florida this year, along with other places, we've had a huge, huge hit on, on our tourist dollars. And we, 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 along with expansion, the other mainstay of Florida is our tourist industry. That's, we, we, we basically uh, have our, medical, our economic base on growth and tourism. So you can only grow just so much, but you can always bring in more tourists. Yeah. But this last year, we had a big hit. I think that Disney had an 80% uh, drop in uh, income as far as their theme parks this last year. So they were even, they were forced to close. What, our, what our tourist reciprocity bill basically states is that if you have a medical card from another state, uh, with a $10 reciprocity fee, you can make a one-time purchase at one of the dispensaries here in Florida for the amount that you need during your stay in Florida because you can't bring it back across state lines. And this would actually generate, based on the number of, of uh, tourists we, knew, we normally had, times the uh, percentage of how many people have medical cards, which is usually between 6 and 10% based on the state. Oklahoma has 11. We have two. Uh, <laughs> But this allows people to go ahead and, <clears throat> and come here. And when you go to Florida, you should be able to come here and enjoy yourself, not come on vacation and leave on probation, which is what, with Car which is what Chris often says. And that's quite true. Right now, we already have people who are sneaking medicine in across state lines by either driving here or putting their vape <laughs> pens in their socks, whatever else they have to do to make sure that grandma has their medicine when they come over and they can have a good family uh, gathering. And it, it's problematic for patients. I mean, you know, as as the the security at our at our airports and our seaports, you know, increased due to the you know the war on terror and, and the you know an interest in national security. I mean, you have those full body scanners like in Total Recall now, and it's like, oh, we can see your vape pen in your underwear, you know. And now you're you're, you're smuggling a battery in your underwear. That that, that doesn't look good at the airport. So. Um, definitely, you know, uh, this reciprocity bill makes a lot of sense, Gary, and I'm glad that, you know, this is an opportunity uh, for the state legislature to do right by the people. 200 million Americans live now where they have access to medical marijuana. For a lot of people, this, this life-saving medicine, this life-changing medicine is something that has allowed them to, to have a, a better functionality and quality of life. And I mean, you know, you don't want to have, you know, lose that quality while you're on vacation. You know, I mean, that, that sounds like a pretty, pretty shitty vacation to me. Uh, the, they're also vacations, you know, where, where you don't have access to your pain meds, you don't have access to your anxiety med or whatever, you know, reason you might utilize cannabis for. Yeah, along with all the states that already have adult use cannabis, there are a number of states that are medical that will allow you to use your medical card when you go there. But Florida, the vacation capital of the country, supposedly with, with Disney World and everything else, they block that. Well, and there's, there's gotta be like, I mean, it's a good first step, but like, I just kind of want to remind everybody that there's gotta be like, you know, the industry itself has to like be more marijuana friendly. Like Disney world's like arresting grandmas that have CBD oil. <laughs> and like, there's gotta be like a, a spot on South beach where some, where you have to be able, you can go and like, enjoy your medicine, you know, like, you guys want to open up a hotel on South Beach that you you can smoke marijuana? Hotels <laughs> in South Beach. I hate that resort fee you have to pay just to be able to walk in the front door and sit down. Maybe we could get a franchise. We, we, we could start a Hilton hot box. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we are going to have consumption lounges eventually across the country. And I'm working with an organization right now that's creating them because you should be able to have someplace other than your own home to be able to. Uh, to utilize your medicine and in fact if you are renting 
and your landlord does not allow it, then you have no place to go. Yeah. Except the hot box and, and take your chance with whether or not the police are going to use their discretion when they arrest you. In which case, it also has to do a lot with the, uh, what color of skin you got as well. Well, this issue of consumption lounges has been around uh, for a long time. I remember uh, going to Colorado in, in 2014 and, and going to the Lazy Lion. And then they shut it, you know, they had shut it down at a previous location. Then they shut it down uh, uh, later that year. And, it, you know, even in states like Colorado, uh, their consumption lounges and public consumption, the, even the ability to consume it at a members only place uh, still remains out of reach uh, because of a lot of legal and political, um, you know, loopholes that you have to jump through. Well, <laughs> In Florida, all of our changes come with baby steps. And I hate that expression, but that's what we use to talk about the fact that we do things very incrementally. Because if you look at how a baby walks, they, their, their steps aren't very productive. <laughs> they usually fall as they're walking. Uh, we, we, we hope to not fall as we move forward with each of these things. And if we start out with an employee bill that strictly has to do with state employees, well, we just remember, first off, that the state is the number one employer of people in this, in this state. They have more employees than any other organization. And it's, it's a, a step in the right direction. And we can also amend it. And we are actually getting some unions on board that are interested in, in, in backing our bills. So, Well, I, I think that this is a workers' rights issue. You know, you as a worker should have the right to have access to a state-sanctioned medicine. And you shouldn't be fired from your job or precluded from a job for state-sanctioned medicine. You know, uh, I know that the federal government still considers cannabis a, a schedule one drug, but, you know, we see progress there. We see the more act, uh, you know, uh, getting pushed through the House of Representatives. We're still waiting to see all eyes on Georgia this Tuesday uh, to see if the more act would have an opportunity to pass um, through the you know Democratic caucus in the Senate. So uh, there's a lot to be said about politics. But, you know, Gary, you said baby steps, you know. Here in Florida, that's the sad part about it. If we leave it up to the natural political wills uh, to push legislation and to push things forward, no progress would happen because there is no political will um, unless you actually engage folks. And I think that is the difference that we're seeing is the level of engagement that organizations like, like you know, Suncoast Normal, like, like our friends at Tallahassee Normal, um, continue to do uh, in, in other normal chapters around the state, uh, you know, with putting together lobby days, with talking to the legislative delegations, um, you know, shout out to FCAN, uh, who, who have been doing it uh, for a very long time in this state. You know, you have to engage your elected officials if you actually want to see any progress. They have to know that you're willing to hold them accountable. And you have to also engage people that you don't particularly like. As, as Carlos and I were talking about in a previous episode, you know, sometimes you'll be sitting in an office of, across from a senator or a representative who, who want to throw you in jail, who think uh, your livelihood is, is the devil's work. And I mean, you know, all in all, it, you know, politics is a is a battlefield. It's a contact sport. You got to get your hands dirty if you want to see progress. And, and then he gets cancer and takes medical marijuana. Well, I mean, <laughs> we, we have situations we always have to deal with with our senators or representatives who and, and we have to, quote unquote, educate to legislate. Basically, teach them what they don't know because they just because they, they are good enough to get into office doesn't mean they know absolutely everything about cannabis and they may still have all the preconceived notions that they carry along with them. So people like like Senator Bax and uh, things of that sort, uh, 
we, we we need to go ahead and, and educate these folks. Facts. Yeah. Um, no, not 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 backs, but you know what I'm talking about. I just I just want to recap here. This seems to be like uh, you know, you guys are going over stuff that we can do to legalize, and it seems like the comment section is talking about that. And I mean, first off, I want to just recap here because this is gonna be pretty funny. You guys wanna educate and engage legislators, but we also want Disney princesses. That that are made for marijuana for Disney to you know enjoy, and then of course True Leave opening up a hundred stores could uh, you know do that. So I don't know uh, that True Leave opening up the hundred store. The the way I take that is that industry is really going to be the guiding principle here. So oh, not that not that there's a connection between True Leave opening its hundredth store and us finally being able to grow out uh, at home like. A door was suddenly opened up that was well, that was closed before when they hit 100. That's that's not the case, correct? No, uh, no. no. Well, let's take that like how I'm saying. Let's take that how I'm saying though. Like the, a corrupt. good path to legalization is economics. Yes. Is that? Do you, can you guys agree with that? Maybe like if we could show how you know medical marijuana is one thing in Florida because it's not necessary. It's not tax. Well, we have 450 registered patients in the state right now. That is only two percent of the population. The average saturation, as I mentioned, per state is usually around between 6 and 11%, nine right in the middle. So we have a heck of a lot more people who are not registered who could ac have access to this market. This market is so much bigger than the marketers that are, that are putting the product out right now. And there's that's why they're not registered, though, because some people are afraid they don't trust the government here in Florida. I have no idea why. <laughs> and they don't want to be on a list. They don't want to be on a registration. They don't want to pay the money. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a difficult thing here. And yet we have a very conservative legislature that feels if we can't regulate it, then we won't allow it. Yeah. And that's the problem behind home grow because they're afraid of what is called diversion. Which means you grow it on your on your uh, land and you pass it out to the neighbors. They they that's what they're saying. I you know I well, up here in the DC area you can gift cannabis to one another. You know it's it's legal to gift it. So I mean if you're giving it away to your neighbors, you know it's not not necessarily a bad thing. The problem is is that um, it's created a great market up here in the sense that if that is a problem for some folks um, because they don't have legal dispensaries they don't have uh places where you can get it for adult use but you can gift it to one another um in the dc area so you know they'll have these services where you can buy a smoothie and for 150 dollars you get a smoothie and they gift you you know a half an ounce of cannabis amazing how that works i was always st stopping at protein power <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I'm going to the wrong smoothie shop. <laughs> in some places, it's gotten to be even uh, as cheap as stickers. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy a, a Rick and Morty sticker for 50 bucks, and it comes with a, a gift of an eighth of the cannabis with it. Buy a pickle, Rick, get a blunt. What a <laughs> it's interesting to see how how under you know under a a, a federal prohibition various states in in, in the, you know the district of columbia um have adapted you know to to create you know markets and i think a lot of people have a fear that if the more act passes um it's going to severely affect uh the marketplace to where only large um you know amazon walmart style 
uh, companies can thrive, you know, to your point earlier about TrueLeave having a, a hundred stores available, you know, and, and then we see the Make It Legal Florida petition uh, backed uh, by the, you know, the people at MedMed. And so it's interesting to see how, you know, the various legalization initiatives that are being pushed in several states, um, you know, oftentimes don't have home grow involved or we've seen uh, industry players actively fight against it. So I think it's important for the industry players here in Florida to be on record of where they stand in regards to patient rights. And we welcome uh, organizations, you know, True Leaf, Sutera, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, One Plant, uh, you know, Cure Leaf, whoever you may be. If we left anybody else out, uh, you know, Harvest, we, we ask all of you in the industry to join us in our fight to make the system patient centric, to make it work for the people that you're serving. Because remember, you, you know, in this industry, the customers that you have are sick people and their needs should be put first in this system not profits I mean, we've, we've got over 20 million people in the state and usually 120 million tourists if they get reciprocity that is an amazing market that could be spread out over so many companies right now we have 22 companies of which seven are, are essentially idle and uh the some are selling at a low rate some are, are taking over the market like like the true leave is but eventually it will even out but uh Here's something that people are, are, may not think about right now. What is the future of cannabis? Right now, we are dealing with the state laws going back and forth. And we have this patchwork of laws where you can't even go across the state line with a product. And it could be twice as expensive on one side of that line and the other side. I can't wait to see what happens when New York and New Jersey are legal. Going back and forth, I know there's going to be a major difference in regards to price. Because usually, if, for those people who aren't around the New York area, you want to buy something expensive go to New York. You want to buy it cheaper? Go to Trenton. That's basically the way it is. And things are always a lot less expensive over in, 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 in New Jersey. That's Gary, basically. are you saying that New York sour diesel is cheaper in New Jersey? <laughs> I, I don't think I know personally, but I've heard tell. I'm sure <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it sounded like to me. But eventually, eventually, cannabis will actually become a commodity because it will be a, an additive in, in various products that are sold commercially. I, well, let's, I, let's talk about that as cannabis as a commodity. Carlos, you, you're a, a purveyor of, of cannabis as a commodity. You, you uh, sell hemp products, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, in, in thinking about, we were talking about economics is the pathway to legalization. Economics was the pathway to prohibition. Um, you know, if you go back, you read the emperor has no clothes. Uh, you, you read the, the Schaefer Commission reports and you can see that it was economics that helped work to outlaw hemp to help to work to outlaw the cannabis plant outright, whether it was being utilized for industrial purposes or utilized for medicinal purposes. And, and here we are, you know, today, those same stakeholders uh, who benefited from cannabis being illegal have become multi-billion dollar conglomerates uh, in the modern era. So they cannabis still has the same old adversaries. Let's not let's not uh, take that away from it in, in any way, shape, or form. You have makes is still one of our biggest things. You have you have uh, you know different money trusts and, and biochemical companies uh, all who have a vested interest in keeping this illegal. And why? Because we've seen how cannabis cr create new sustainable industries. Um, there in Tarpon Springs, in the Bay Area, is a, a house made out of hemp creek. Um, you mm -hmm. can make hemp biodiesel from it. 
um, and, and we were talking about it being in products. I mean, uh, I you can't walk into a Ross, a Marshalls, an Ollie's Bargain Outlet without seeing cannabis products on the shelves, cannabis shampoo or, you know, hemp. Uh, CBD drops. I mean, people are getting CBD for their pets now. As, as oh. And we're not going to mention Provita, which is on the label there. <laughs> well, I actually got this at Carlos's shop because... Uh, <laughs> yeah, mention it. My, my, my dog has hip dysplasia, and I think it's, uh, you know, the, the supplements that they wanted to charge me at the vet were ludicrous. And I was like, let, you know, I've seen uh, on Instagram people help rehabilitate their pets uh, with CBD uh, regimens. And so I thought that it was interesting that as a health product, as a nutritional supplement, um, hemp products are definitely uh, an economic boom. So, Carlos, maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, what you see in the, in the hemp industry and, and the legal cannabis. You know, as I, legal I, cannabis can be. I hate to say it, but I think the fact that the government has now, like, officially classified the difference between hemp and cannabis is one of the worst things towards a guiding, you know, guiding legalization with economics. Um, because all of those products you just mentioned, right, have been uh, disassociated with actual cannabis. And I mean, it, it, it does a lot of great things like, you know, it opens up other cannabinoids to people and other cannabinoids are great tools. CBG can help. And a fantastic anti-inflammatory, which is good to be up COVID, by the way. What happened? It's also very good anti-inflammatory, which makes it good. If you happen to have COVID. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you can, you, it, the thing is, is that like now, now we're, we've commercialized it. Like now normalizing hemp doesn't necessarily mean marijuana is going to become legalized. Right. Um, to, to really like, you know, we need to, I, it's, it's a complicated subject. It really is. It's like, I, it, it's like, the economics can happen now without pot, without actual Delta nine THC being legal. And uh, it makes it much more difficult. I think. Well, back in the early nineties, Woody Harrelson in Northern Kentucky was trying to legalize hemp, mm -hmm. but they were talking again about strictly about the, the industrial side of hemp, yeah. which we must not forget because don't forget you have a, you have a 22 foot plant. And you're only talking about using the top one foot and throwing the rest away. That's not the American way. But <laughs> that's not but the way my grandmother grew up in the depression. You know? But that plant played. I mean, if you were look into the history of everything, that plant played played a big role on why pot is now no longer legal. Exactly because right. the, the bast and the herd, which is the fiber and, and the woody part of the plant, can be used for all those other twenty five thousand products, including clothing and paper and things of that sort. So. And, when, what the farm bill essentially did was legalize all that stuff, right? But getting people high, like not so much, you know what I mean? So it, it becomes a difficult thing. I think if we advocate for the economics of it, like we need to almost advocate for the fun side of it too, you know, and show that, you know, adult use, uh, you know, is safe and, it can be fun. It could be, you know, cool and social. You know, we need to make potheads cool again, guys. That's what I'm saying. Well, it has a lot to do with the attitude of our legislature as well. Like, for instance, if you go, we finally got edibles after what, three years of having this market here. And they all, they say, by the way, you can't call them gummies. You have to call them soft gels or soft chews. So soft chews. 
That's okay. why like kids don't uh, don't think of them as, as candy. Don't won't bring them to school thinking they're candy and pass them out to their friends. That kind of. Thing. I hear soft chew. I think of a Starburst. So <laughs> Starburst and gummy bears. I mean, that's just it. And of course, they say you can't have them in animal shapes. They have to be in geometric shapes because there are certain kids hate geometry, and so therefore they would not even touch that stuff. But okay, so so Gary, let me understand. The politicians are telling the people, okay, so you can't have gummy bears, but you can have Lucky Charms. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, I don't know if you can have stars, clovers, and rainbows, but you can definitely have. And they said geometric shapes, stars, clovers, <laughs> and rainbows. It is. I mean, we want to get into the semantics of these politics. It's like I Florida politics is okay. I will. I will give a, a free mask to the first MMTC that comes up with pentagon-shaped gummies. I'm sorry, <laughs> pentagon-shaped soft gels. And we'll, we'll, we'll call them satanic, satanic sativa. I like, oh, oh, Gary, yeah, I think you mean pentagram, not pentagon. Pentagon is uh, where we. I, I said pentagram, didn't I? Yeah. The pentagon. That's that's for our men in the military to have pentagon-shaped gummies. I think that's soft gels. That that should be fair and. Can anybody find out a good name for a Disney princess that's into cannabis? Um, uh, put, put your thinking caps on and, and uh, send it to us. We'll, we'll put it on the on the crawl underneath there. Mary Jane. Oh. That's my vote. Mary Jane. <laughs> princess Mary Jane, huh? Princess Mary Jane. It'll be my cat. <laughs> Carlos, is, is Buggy there in the shop? I thought I saw the dog in the window. Nah, Yance's here. Oh, okay. Lindsay have, have an evil cannabis queen. She's shy. She doesn't want to be on camera. Oh, really? She's right in the middle of the shot. She's perfect. Oh, there she is. Hey, say hi. The camera's right there. Yeah. <laughs> but but get back what we're talking about just a few minutes ago. We need to have in Florida and across this country an infrastructure for the rest of the other products that, that hemp can can bring out because it will be a losing proposition if they don't sell their harvest. And when we have yeah. uh, hemp farmers that have put everything in to put it in their crops together, and they should be able to sell the uh, the, the stalks to go ahead and get the uh, the herd and the bass into into cloth and paper and all the other products that hemp could possibly create. Yeah, I mean we we talked about it earlier uh, bio with new plastics, uh, biodiesel building materials, you know, uh, all these renewable, uh, you know, resources that we can utilize uh, the hemp plant for. I mean, just think the fact that you can turn it into a, 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 a reusable fuel and we can have the opportunity to migrate from fossil fuels. I mean, literally being able to grow your gasoline, you know, rather than dig up dead dinosaurs uh, for, for those of us who are scientifically challenged. That's the difference between hemp biofuels and the current fossil fuels that we're using. And there are no more dinosaurs. So let's just, you know, uh, uh, call that out where it's a, a limited market. It is going to cause problems uh, for consumers. And again, that goes back to uh, the existing economic structures that don't want to see a disruptive technology like renewable energy and renewable resources coming from the hemp plant. Do you really think that Exxon Mobil wants, uh, you know, a, 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 an upstart, uh, you know, industry starting with, with hemp biodiesel fuels uh, to throw a kink in their, their bottom line? Well, they haven't even wanted the, uh, the the electric cars. That's why they killed the first one that came out from GM so many years ago. If you ever saw that, that movie, Whatever Happened to the Electric Car, check that one yeah. out. Well, you know, th that's why you get these billionaires like Elon Musk who, you know, step in and, and create these disruptive technologies. And that's really where we're at here in this fight for prohibition. 
um, people like Joe Redner, you know, millionaires who have the money to sue the state, to challenge the system. We, the people, I mean, we do our best pulling together our $25 in membership dues to run an advocacy organization. But the fact is, is that money is the lifeblood of, of American politics. And if you don't have yeah. You don't have a seat at the table. And that's the hardest part of everything that we're trying to do and advocate for, which is why we constantly ask for it. We ask for your donations. We ask you to sign up and be a member. I mean, you know, for the several thousand followers that we have, we have several hundred members um, and, and we need to increase that. Our capacity and our membership and our numbers are what going to give us leverage at these uh, tables of power, um, at these political committees. If you don't have the leverage, if you don't have the numbers and the people behind you, um, even the way things are voting, things will not change. So we need your support uh, to really make this happen. Yeah, and we're, and we're trying to do it at the state level. As people have, have often said, the uh, state politics is the meth lab of politics. We are the ones who, are, who create the uh, disruptive things and then we bring it on to the federal uh, government and see how it goes from there. As far as the federal government is concerned, well, it's going to be very interesting as to what happens in Georgia this next week. But even if the Democrats do manage to win, that will still create an even Stevens uh, Senate, which means one vote in the opposite direction. And whoever one party wants that the other one doesn't want will switch. Mm. That's, that's, that's a very, very. And, and of course, in the House, they have, the Democrats have the thinnest margin they've had in like in decades. So the question is, will the Moore Act move forward? It will if we can make it a bipartisan effort. That's the only way we can do it. And to your point, Gary, you know, looking for bipartisanship here in Florida, we have two um, United States senators here in Florida, one being Marco Rubio, one being Rick Scott. Uh, neither one of them have been champions of prohibition. Every time we send them an email or an action alert, uh, you know, the national puts out asking them to support, you know, something that chips away at, at these Jim Crow laws that chips away at, at these, you know, oppression of people's civil rights. Uh, they're constantly standing as prohibitionists. And so that's why I say elections matter in this next election here in Florida. Not only will we be voting for governor, but we'll be voting to replace Marco Rubio. And I think that that is something that needs to happen for prohibition to move forward on a federal level. I see Ted Deutsch going into that lot or possibly even um, Jolly. It's a possibility. Regardless of who steps up to run against him, I think it's important that we as as advocates, that we uh, that patients and caregivers and activists all pay attention to party primaries and, and, and get involved. And that's the interesting thing is that if you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat, if you're a Libertarian, if you're part of the Constitutionalist Party, I, I, I can't even name all the political parties that are out there. The, the, the green. If you're if you're active. Or if you're not active, get active. You know, it's not about Democrats or Republicans. It's about we the people. And if you have people who are active in the Republican Party who are pushing this on their side and you have people in the Democratic Party pushing this on their side, that's how we can meet in the middle and actually get this done. But if we have prohibitionists winning primaries in both parties, nothing is ever going to get done. I mean, we actually did have pro-cannabis uh, Republicans over the last few years. I Okay, so are we back on? We're back on just, I think, for just like two more seconds. Just so you know, a hurricane did not hit, a tornado did not hit. The dog that we were talking about, you know, destroyed the live feed. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the dog you, ate our live feed. 
if this is at the end of the live broadcast, then thanks for watching. If it's a whole new broadcast altogether, you can catch us. Just scroll down a little bit on your feed. You'll see us. Um, what a fantastic way to start 2021. <laughs> <laughs> but everything's okay. The dog's okay. The computer equipment's okay. And we'll see you next week and tune in for La Rotacion. Also, in Espanol. In Espanol. Also, check us out on suncoastnormal.org. Follow us on social media. Uh, this podcast is everything everywhere at this point. You know, we're on iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff. But we are not uh, on Pornhub, though. Oh, geez, Gary. All right. And yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.